कृष्ण के कन्या प्रभु This morning there were questions and answers. Many fell within the category of frequently asked questions. It's good to uh, take regular, it's essential to take regular association with and training from experienced devotees so that we can understand the basics, the basic understanding of Krishna consciousness. Because Krishna is unlimited, there are unlimited questions which could be asked. We can't understand everything about Krishna. Every devotee has their own individual relationship with Krishna. It's not possible to understand everything even about one's own relationship with Krishna. Questions should be asked to elucidate the understanding of our serving position. The only thing or the only point that we really need to understand is that I am meant to serve Krishna. And once that's understood, then what remains to be understood is that, well, how do we... They make a question about how do we serve Krishna. So question should be to elucidate how to better... Well, at the first stage, to become convinced that we are simply meant to serve Krishna. Srila Prabhupada said that there are two kinds of questions. One is to uh, learn how to approach Krishna, and the other kind of question is designed so as to avoid serving Krishna. So one kind, in other words, one kind of question is submissive, and the other kind is challenging. Then, Understanding we have to serve Krishna, but even that understanding may need refinement. Because Maya is so subtle, or our deeply ingrained desires for avoiding Krishna are so subtle, that in the name of serving Krishna we may actually be doing something else. So we have to understand what's actually pleasing to Krishna. What is the proper position of a servant? Bhakti Siddhanta Viruddha Arasadhas Shunile Kabur Chite It is said of Krishna Saviraj Goswami in Chaitanya Chaitamrita writes about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, only liked to hear Krishna Kata, uh, Elsewhere, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Jodi Ama Pratishne O Take Shavakatabe Krishna Bhakti Rikta Nagaimaya. He said that if all of you actually have affection for me, then don't discuss anything else but Krishna. Kishayame ki bhojane ki bhajagarane ahar nishad chinta Krishna balahatmane. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu further said, whether whether sleeping or eating or whether observing night vigil, day and night think of Krishna and chant his names with your mouth. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had 
no other subject but Krishna. But nevertheless, Bhakti Siddhanta Viruta Ara Sabashunale Prabhupada Topics of Krishna that were opposed to Bhakti Siddhanta, the proper understanding of devotional service. Arasabhas and those uh, discussions of Krishna Leela that mix up the flavors in a wrong way. Just like eating food. If you have uh, ice cream with vanilla and sugar and chilies, something wrong in the flavor. It doesn't, it doesn't taste proper. So similarly, there are various flavors in serving Krishna, emotional tastes called rasa, and they're not they're not mixable without some. It's just all wrong. It's like having chilies and sweets. It's just something wrong. Is just like if a woman simultaneously has uh, loving sexual feelings towards a man and manifest at the same time prominently uh, motherly feelings. It's, it's a wrong mixture. That's why in Krishna Lila also the, the uh, motherly feelings of Mother Yashoda, they, they have a different arena or a different... Uh, yeah, they, they're, they're in a different sphere to those of the gopis' feelings for Krishna. Different, different emotional sphere. They don't overlap emotionally. They don't overlap. So topics of Krishna that were, were against the proper understanding were not pleasing to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, nor were those which is rasa or improper mixing of emotional flavors. An example of bhakti siddhanta Topics or, or, or conclusion opposed to the proper understanding of devotional service is as follows. Let us all chant Hare Krishna and serve Krishna very sincerely and as a result we will all merge into and become one with Krishna. Various permutations of this idea are quite common. Even in Shastra there are presentations which are Bhakti Siddhanta Virutti. So that's why in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami says one should not introduce opposing Shastra. So this point that we should understand how to serve Krishna in the way that he wants us to be served, well there are more simple examples also. That uh, Krishna says, Patram Pushpam Palantayam, that we should offer Krishna food with love. So if we think, well, let me buy some bread from the store and offer it with love to Krishna, then I'll take prasada. But that's not proper. I'll go and eat in the restaurant and just as the food is passing through my esophagus, I'll offer it to Vaishvana, the, the Krishna present as the fire in the stomach. So it may sound, oh, well, that's very devotional. But it's not. It's the uh, process of trying to sound devotional but not really surrendering to Krishna. So, uh, yeah, the, the 
One has to learn about devotional service. It's not just a matter of feeling. That's why when that question came up about this morning, about which guru inspires me the most, it's not just a matter of inspiration and then you feel something and then that's it, it's all over. You can get some machine with some electrical impulses that makes you feel happy. It sends electrical impulses to your brain and then you feel happy. So you can... There are certain drugs which make you feel happy. Temporary, of course. So the idea that the guru is some kind of drug or some pill that you drop that makes you boom, makes you feel inspired, it's not a very inspiring understanding. Who is going to teach and guide us to surrender to Krishna? This should be considered. So, uh, yeah, in our Krishna conscious movement, teaching is required. It's, inspiration, of course, has to be there, but after the initial inspiration, there has to be some perspiration or application in devotional service. Just like you might feel inspired to go to a college to get some degree. But simply inspiration isn't enough to get the degree. And simply enrolling in the course is not enough to get the degree either. If you think, well, now I'm initiated, so okay, that's it. Job done. But there has to be uh, application. Not just inspiration, it's just the beginning. Then there has to be, as I say, application. This may all sound very heavy. It is. Krishna consciousness is it's serious business. It's blissful, of course, but it's not that superficial happiness of a cartoon or a Walt Disney show. Walt Disney. They must have had Walt Disney in Tamil Nadu. Walt Disney is famous in Tamil Nadu? Not much. Anyway, the idea, you know, some some movie in which everyone's smiling and nice and that's all there is to it. So we can just do, you know, hurry bowl and we can have our whole seminars and everything like that. So that's nice, that's fun. But there is uh, also the fact of our uh, deep-seated material desires. So, if we're actually to be happy, we have to be Krishna conscious. Which means uh, that Krishna conscious has to be holy for the pleasure of Krishna, without any personal desire. Bhukti mukti Goswami asks the rhetorical question. Do you have that in Tamil? Rhetorical question. It means it's a question, it's a statement phrased as a, as a question. Uh, how could you be so stupid? It's like, if you say, how could you be so stupid? It's like saying, you are stupid, but it says it as a question. So Rupa Goswami says that as long as the, yeah, as long as the desires for 
material enjoyment and liberation are in the heart, those desires which are like uh, witches, then how is it possible to experience the happiness of bhakti? So, yeah, um, bhakti is not superficial. It is a happy process, no doubt. But that happiness is quite distinct from the superficial happiness of this material world. The superficial uh, dealings with others in which we, we try to make everyone feel nice. Of course, demons, they may not do that. Some people who are just complete demons, they act in such a way to cause distress to others. Paradukasuki, they take pleasure in others' distress. And parasukaduki, they become envious if others are happy. So people who are not out and out demons, they may try to live harmoniously within this world. And for them, anudvega karambakyam, they don't, they speak in such a way so as not to give anxiety to others. Uh, they, they try to avoid conflict. They don't want to make people feel upset. So, among devotees we may also do like that. And uh, be very polite with each other. But that's not generally, that's not necessarily the best way to relate among devotees. By not treading on each other's ego, we help everyone's ego to remain intact. So, devotees may sometimes appear to be rough in their dealings. And they may be just out of their own roughness or lack of character. There is another kind of uh, roughness which is motivated by concern for the other person's lack of Krishna consciousness. You know, One thing's for sure, by the, uh, the, the social nicety of cultured people in this material world is just to help everyone live together in a big illusion of forgetting Krishna. How are you? Very good. How are you feeling today? Fine, thank you. It's my daughter's birthday today. Oh, how old is she? Oh, and on and on and on like this, being nice, nicely forgetting Krishna, and very nicely and politely uh, getting born and dying again. It's superficial. It's politeness. It's not that people they say how are you. They don't really care how you are. I mean, they, they don't say how are you. They say how are you to people they consider to be of the same social status, if they consider people below their own social status, they don't ask them, how are you? And someone says, they ask them, how are you? Well, actually, um, I, I have cancer and I need 20 lakhs for treatment. Could you give a donation? And the person will think, well, that's not polite to ask me like that. Why should I give him any? What did he ever do for me? So it's superficial. People, they don't really care how you are. So... Yeah, the devotees should go beyond the superficial. Of course, especially, well, in any age, but especially in the modern age, people are very superficial. And modern life makes people more and more like that. It's just like on TV, they change the picture every 
half a second or so. So that people, by exposure to this, people can't have their, their brain training works in such a way that they can't have any continuous uh, thought pattern. In America, the, uh, the, the students and the intelligent class are mostly all from Asia because America is more advanced. The, the people are brought up on this. So the average American watches so much TV that they are doomed to be unintelligent. Uh, it's people go to America for university degrees, but the average level of education in America is much lower than in most Western countries. But gradually the upcoming generations in India will be the same because they're exposed to the same TV culture. But in modern America, most teenagers, they can't sit and listen to a lecture for more than 15 minutes. That's the maximum, 15 minutes at a time. Because their mind is so agitated. They, their life is spent on the internet. And they don't spend more than a few minutes on each site. Or they, they get completely absorbed in some fantasy game. To, to them, the game takes over their life. It's their, what they're thinking about day and night. So they can't, they're so much absorbed in virtual so-called reality that they, they, they don't even want to relate to this world any more than they need to. We can just see the superficiality of modern society that the word friend is now being redefined by Facebook to mean someone who you run into on Facebook. Friend used to mean someone who you had a very close, intimate relationship with, with for many years. But gradually it came to mean that someone who you're acquainted with and you say, how are you to? And now it means someone you run into on Facebook. Just see the shallowness of modern society. In the midst of this, we have to attempt to be Krishna conscious and preach Krishna consciousness, which uh, it requires a tremendous commitment, which is something people don't have in the modern age. They, they, they get married, but they're not committed. They just don't get married at all because it's too much trouble. Um, or uh, they, they take a job for some company and then they, you know, they just switch to another company, another company, another company. There's no commitment. But Krishna conscious requires commitment. It requires a deep philosophical understanding. But all these words are foreign. All these concepts are foreign to modern people. They're neither deep nor are they philosophical nor do they have any understanding of anything. So... Uh, well, in propagating Krishna consciousness, the first approach is often, or the first impression is often like that, trying to be inspiring. It's, it's sensual. Festivals and chanting and something that appeals to people's senses. That doesn't mean that it's mundane. Chanting Hare Krishna is spiritual. But it's... Uh, 
It's not that we can just take people and discuss with them very deep philosophy. Generally, you find people are just not ready for that. Although Srila Prabhupada was very expert in doing so, he would present basic principles of Krishna consciousness to people who have no philosophical understanding of anything whatsoever. And Srila Prabhupada, uh, he preached daily to his disciples to inculcate in them an understanding of the principles of Krishna consciousness. Much of our outside preaching is, is we distribute books, but apart from which are highly philosophical books. Srila Prabhupada's books are highly philosophical. The, the, the concepts therein are far deeper than anything that most people have ever considered in their whole life. Even if they've read some so-called spiritual books, but they don't have the, the, the depth and the, the seriousness and the, the realism, the spiritual realism that Prabhupada, the, the soberness of Srila Prabhupada's books. Apart from that, we all like that. We organize Harinam and festivals to attract people to the happiness of Krishna consciousness. Yeah. In the several programs, public programs, we have this, you're doing this mutal drama, the drama of the fool. Actually, it's this, this drama is a very good way of presenting philosophical topics in a manner that attracts people to... It, it, it's appealing to, this, to the senses. It's, it's a entertainment, but at the same time, it should have a very deep impact. Even this idea of white elephants, that Srila Prabhupada's idea of having Western white-bodied devotees preaching Krishna consciousness in India, it's also, it's, it's not a philosophical statement, but it's, it's something to, that appeals to Indian people. These, these joyful public festivals, Rathya, Jagannath Rathyatra, with the joyful Kirtan, that will attract own, everyone except the most hard-headed people. And even they will also. If we go to Muslims and Christians and offer them books, they usually say no. They think, I, I don't want to be converted into a Hindu. But uh, even many Muslims and Christians, they're also spontaneously attracted to Jagannath Rathiyatra. And many, they, they, they're actually attracted to, to the deity worship, although they're not supposed to be. There's chanting and dancing and festivals that will appeal to everyone. And if we, we go on doing it more and more, then people, they will more and more be, be purified and appreciate that, except the worst demons. So, yeah, and these dramas also, they're a very good way of putting the message over. And from, the dra from this particular drama, people can... Uh, the seriousness of, of, of Krishna consciousness is communicated to them. So we need preaching on multi-fronts. We, we should have, like, Padhyatra going constantly doing dramas every night in every town and village and every colony and every city. 
நமக்கு வந்து பாதையாற்றை அவசியப்படுத்த அதன் மூலமா ஒவ்வொரு நகரத்தையும் ஒவ்வொரு கிராமத்தையும் ஒவ்வொரு காலனிலையும் அவங்க போய் நாடாளுமன்ற அரங்கேற்ற வேண்டியது expand into many forms and give lectures every night in tamil in this way gradually krishna consciousness can be appreciated and accepted by many people it seems we have such a great message to communicate but it seems that we're so few and maya and the force of modern life is so great but we should go on pressing our message and pray that at some point people appreciate that so many of prophet's books are being distributed the message is very powerful um, some day people should wake up to this they should have their eureka moment wow this this is this is it this is knowledge i never read anything like this before that's happened with many people they they get a book and then they find out the address of the temple and say okay tell me more about it i'm ready i i can understand this is what this is what i need to follow the devotees themselves have to present this philosophy to the public it's not just making a drama to make people feel happy but there should be some poking let them know this way of life that you're living it's wrong it's not in your own real interest if we just think well we'll be nice then we become useless if our idea is that well we should only speak and act in a way that just like the nice people they say how are you and they're very polite but it's all superficial and meaningless we should present the message of shastra shila prabhu presented ஹராபவஸ்தாவதபோதஜாதயாவன்னிஞ்சிஞ்சாசதஆத்தவம் and then hope that they read that in prabhupada's books but among ourselves we all have to also have to preach this because it, again it's not just that by walking in the door of an iskon temple all of a sudden you become a pure devotee one has to take training principal part of which is to regularly hear the message of shastra that this material world is miserable as chaitanya mahaprabhu said this material existence is like a hole into which people pass through so we may unless we hear that we'll think that well actually this material world is quite nice after all and because from time immemorial we are accustomed to seeing this world and everything within it as a place of our enjoyment and everything we do as being for our own enjoyment then we'll also take krishna consciousness as something for our enjoyment so i may think well yeah i like when there's nice festivals and kirtans but i don't like this you know having to rise early in the morning and that i, I don't like that so that is the measure whether i like it or not becomes the measure and that's not krishna consciousness krishna consciousness means to understand what krishna wants and to act according to his desire so this idea that well i just feel happy and i get some blessings and that's it finished 
Where's the surrender? Where's the understanding? Where's the service? We're so accustomed to being superficial that we uh, we take we may take Krishna consciousness also in a superficial way. So it is the duty of the gurus and the preaching leaders not to uh, present Krishna consciousness as something else superficial. That we are just good and nice and we're vegetarians and that's all. So, you know, Sai Baba is also good and Mayavadis are also good and, you know, eat whatever you like as long as it's vegetarian and like this, very loose. And but we have a Krishna conscious means understanding what Krishna wants, which means actually to go against everything in this world. The whole flow of this world is away from Krishna. Preaching means to catch people and turn them around and go against the flow of the material world and turn toward Krishna. But we may think, well, that sounds too difficult. That people won't be prepared to accept that. And if we preach like that, people won't like us. That's, that's very bad for preaching. If people don't like us, they should, they should like us. But it's better to make friends with people and you know, tell a few jokes with them and be friendly and then people will like us. So they may like us, but in the same way that they like other people, that they, they don't really give a damn about you. They like you means they think you're uh, harmless and insignificant. So we can go with the flow, but the flow of the material world goes away from Krishna. So what's the use? Unless people come to the understanding that there is nothing of any value in this world than service to Krishna, then by that misunderstanding they can never be Krishna conscious. Of course, there is a kind of Krishna consciousness in which like many Hindus, they're from superficially Vaishnava families. So they go on with their material life. And they pray to Krishna, Krishna, please help me to pass the exam. They watch the TV. If they're very affectionate to their baby Krishna deity, they may make a special seat for him so they can watch the TV along with them. In this way they make Krishna an accomplice in their material life. And we and then we get you know like the uh, the Christian priests blessing the racing cars. Yeah. The football team takes the blessing from the local priests before they go for an important match. So we can have that kind of Krishna consciousness. We can spread it, but is it really worthwhile spreading such a an insipid version of Krishna consciousness. We wonder if the High Court judge will be Krishna conscious. He will judge according to all the demoniac laws and have tilak on his forehead. That's not the main thing. Apparently, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, what was that? Oh, Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur said that Krishna consciousness will be successful when the High Court judge has Vaishnava tilak. That means that all the laws should be adjusted to Krishna consciousness. Not that he's giving judgment on all the demon. Not that some demoniac judge 
judging on the demoniac laws as Vaishnav uh, Tilaka. Some years ago, one devotee introduced to me, oh, this is a new life member I made. He's from a Vaishnava family, Vallabh Sampradaya in Gujarat. I said, he's a do- and I was told, he's a doctor. So I asked him, what kind of doctor are you? He said, I'm a gynecologist. So I said, well, that means that you're mostly doing abortions, isn't it? He said, yes, I have my own clinic. And he didn't see any dichotomy between, a, between being a Vaishnava and being an abortion murderer, abortionist and murderer. Maybe a very strict Vaishnava, he only eats food offered to Krishna. I doubt, doubt, I doubt very much if he was that strict. But the, the, he identified himself as a Vaishnava and he's an abortionist. No one taught him that there's anything wrong with that. In fact, they think they're doing a service to society, keeping the population down. So, if we just thought, oh yeah, everything's nice, yeah. Well, just the main thing is to smile. Make everyone feel happy, superficially. Hmm. Then we become the same as everyone else. Krishna eyes our superficiality. <laughs> How do you translate that? Good luck. There's this idea of dovetailing everything in Krishna's service. Krishna eyes everything. Krishna eyes. So we can Krishna eyes our materialistic education. We can have, just like you see in, uh, especially in Andhra Pradesh, you'll find Srinivas poultry farm, Balaji wine shop. People think, yeah, it's quite normal. Because Everyone's nice. Vaishnavas are nice. They don't do anything to harm, to make anyone feel upset. So here, here's a nice, his man's a very nice life member. He's contributing very nicely. He has a very good business, poultry farms in every district. Say, oh, nice, very nice, very nice. Yeah, go on giving a donation. Very good. Krishna will be pleased. So actually to preach means to go against the current of the world. And the current of the world at the present time is particularly demoniac. It's a slaughterhouse civilization. Sometimes that's said allegorically. But literally it's a slaughterhouse civilization. I mean, most people eat food from slaughterhouses. So like that, we have dramas, festivals, public harinam, and, and book distribution. It's not that we necessarily walk up to every, yeah, okay, okay, so. give people a, a, a happy first impression of the Krishna consciousness movement. But we have a specific message also. And that message is a message which uh, most people don't want to hear. And may find it very difficult to hear, but if we don't say that message, then we are cheating others, and we are cheating ourselves, and we are not representing the parampara. If we say that, well, yeah, material life is very good, and it's very good, you should get lots of degrees and become a great doctor and a great engineer, and so on and so on. We can say that, and people may feel happy, but... The actual fact is that everything in this material world except Krishna consciousness is useless. So, uh, yeah, if we encourage people, yes, yes, have a good career, have a good job, that's also preaching. Many people will may feel inspired to do that. 
And if we tell the truth that uh, only by pure devotional service to Krishna, devoid of any material desire, can, any, can one actually be a pure devotee, uh, then maybe not so many people will take to that. So, of course, we don't expect everyone on the spot to give up all their material desires. And we don't even encourage people to try to do that. Because we know that most people require time to become purified. So we don't say to every student, just stop your studies. We say, go on with your study and chant Hare Krishna. We don't say to Grihastas that leave your family. We say, stay with your family and chant Hare Krishna. But we should also tell them that the goal of life is not fulfilled by simultaneously cultivating material desires and chanting Hare Krishna. Ultimately, ah. ultimately material desires have to be given up. Now, we may think that, well, we can tell all the students, yes, have a great career, study a lot, it's very good, you can also chant Hare Krishna, and in this way our movement will be more successful, we have many followers. But having many followers is not necessarily the sign of actual preaching. And the danger with that is that we end up, you know, very soon we end up with a movement when we have people chanting Hare Krishna and running abortion clinics. You may say, well, that's not possible. But once you start to compromise, there's no end to it. In original Christianity, they were vegetarians. Now, vegetarianism is considered wrong in Christianity. Even in Hindu culture, up until recent time, it was understood that abortion is very sinful. But now we think it's normal. It's Hindus and Muslims, Hindus used to kill Muslims because the Muslims killed the cows. But nowadays, almost all Hindus who have cows sell their cows for slaughter. People's way of thinking can change because they're materially motivated, they have no clear knowledge of or training in spiritual knowledge, and they're interested in sense gratification, therefore they cannot distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. So in our Krishna conscious movement, if we promote that, yes, yes, you, uh, you be materialistic and chant Hare Krishna, very good, very nice, then in a short time we'll have the, uh, the Bhaktivedanta abortion clinic. And I'm not, jo I'm not joking. Just like Srinivas Hatcheries. It's not a, I mean, we laugh, but it's actually a fact. There are hundreds of Srinivas Hatcheries, Balaji wine shops, and the time will come when we have the Bhaktivedanta abortion clinic. I'm telling you. Write it down. See, see the date. Let's see how many years. And it will be justified to see time, place, and circumstance. The scriptures were written for a different time. Times have changed. And you see, I donate uh, 20,000 rupees a month from the Prophet to the temple. And you know, I'm very strict vegetarian most of the time. So these contaminations can enter. So this idea that, you, yeah, you just encourage people. Yeah, you chant Hare Krishna and you'll get, you, you'll get this material benefit and that material benefit. Now you have a very successful career, and, and if we think that, well, we'll just tell people that, and once they chant, chant Hare Krishna, then uh, 
then naturally they'll change. But that's not necessarily true. That uh, if they're cultivating nam aparada, from nam aparada, shudha nam does not come. Sometimes the example of Dhruva Maharaj is given. He performed bhakti with a material design. And sometimes it's quoted, akama, sarva, kamova, even if one has all material desires, he should worship the Supreme Lord. But the important word here is tibrena bhakti yogena, that one should follow, even if one has all desires, one should follow the process of bhakti yoga intensely. Not that you have all material desires and then you uh, do a little Hare Krishna here and there. But like Dhruva Maharaj, if one intensely implies, applies himself to devotional service, where that means that he did nothing but devotional, devotional activity, day and night, with no sense gratification, and from under the direction of a pure devotee, and by that he became purified. But the idea that you simultaneously cultivate material desires and do a little, mix that up with a little bhakti, that is not pure devotional service. It will not lead to pure devotional service. So I've said these things many times. I feel the need to state these points repeatedly in various ways. Because there is uh, confusion on these points in and around and our movement and being propagated within it. Which creates confusion. So, to make the point clear for those who would like to, those who are interested to understand these points, I'm attempting to clarify them. Uh, I'm under pressure from various sources here to advertise this. CD, which is available here. See, I'm caught between my different disciples. It's not for you. No, no. It's not for you. They don't give you a lecture. don't give you a lecture. We have a subversive activity going on here. You'll make it more popular. By, by... All right. Yeah, it'll become more popular. It's underground. This is like the... Uh, coming to dance on the stage and holding the veil. You have, to, you have something valuable to say. What is being said is appreciated. And then you say, well, no one should appreciate it. I wanted to speak about that actually, but I'll maybe speak about that tomorrow. I have no problem with what is saying All right, how about that? Recently I was in Dubai and some devotees spoke to me about your visit there. That you said the same points as me, but in a more jolly way. So maybe the, uh, the method of delivery was more suited, that people could take it. Just like the medicine, sometimes you have to put a sugar-coated pill, otherwise people won't take it. So I'll sit in one place and I'll give lectures to you only. That you can go all over the world and say the same thing in a jolly way. That's one possibility. All right, Hare Krishna. All right, so, yeah.
You should listen to ten lectures of Prabhupada and then listen to one of mine. And then listen to ten of mine.